The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Brian Mazurowski. Outside right now, we've got mostly cloudy skies, 67 degrees in Buffalo. Well, make that two recreational marijuana shops to open up in western New York this week. WBEN's Max Ferry has more from Transit Road in Depew. Another cannabis dispensary is opening up this week in western New York. Herbal IQ on Transit Road in Depew is primed to open their doors for cannabis customers at 11 o'clock today, making it the second recreational state-regulated dispensary to commence operations in western New York. Mike Ortiz, COO of Herbal IQ, says it's been a fast and focused effort getting everything ready for the big day as they are among the first to bring state-regulated, locally grown marijuana products to the retail space in western New York. Of course we're excited, right? New venture, this is new in the area. So there is some excitement, but yet at the same time we still have to stay focused. We'll be really excited once we get through the first day and can breathe. Ortiz never thought that he'd see the day where he would be operating a regulated marijuana dispensary alongside his business partner in CEO Bradley Kyler, but with Ortiz's expertise in real estate and insurance, coupled with Kyler's successful construction company, the hoops they had to jump through to make their dream a reality were a little easier compared to the other license holders. It was rather easy to work with New York State. It was rather easy to work with the village of Depew, and the construction was rather easy. Brad owns a very successful construction company. I have an insurance business, a real estate and construction consulting company. So we've done work for the federal government. I work with a lot of municipalities. We've done Army Corps of Engineer work, we've done municipal work. So the paperwork process was fairly simple and straightforward for us. However, with the construction aspect, once we were able to procure the space, we utilized our own resources and our own men to completely gut the space, floor to ceiling, wall to wall, and turn it into what you see here today in approximately three weeks. Ortiz expects a good-sized crowd for opening day as they are determined to serve their customers with all types of marijuana products desired as well as continue to expand and educate. Ortiz mentions an area in the shop that he hopes will open soon in their dispensary that will specifically cater to senior citizens. All the details can be found at WBEN.com. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. I'm picturing like the adult section back at the video store. You got a beaded curtain. (laughs) Adults only. Uh, Something like that. Well, thank you, Max. That opening today, it's been a big week for that here in western New York. Well, the Erie County Legislature yesterday approving a plan to temporarily eliminate all county sales tax on home heating bills during the winter months of December, January, and February. The county has a 4.75% sales tax on home heating bills. 42 other counties do provide some form of exemption on that. Now Erie County joining the list. We'll be talking about this a little bit later on this morning at 750 Former Executive Vice President, Chief Executive Officer of the Buffalo Bills, Ron Rakuya, issuing a brief statement yesterday, a day after the team announced he would no longer have those roles. He said in a statement released that, quote, for the past several years, I've been honored to work for the Pagula family, serve as their business partner, lead executive on the new stadium project. Our work together has been gratifying. I'm proud of all that we've accomplished throughout the organizations. The time has come for a new professional challenge. As a lifelong Buffalo resident, to work alongside the men and women at the Bills, Sabres, and PSE has been a blessing. My family and I would like to personally thank the entire community for all the love and support they have shown us. Rakuya's statement after splitting ways with the Bills organization. The Bills, by the way, kick off training camp next week. 
The suspected serial killer charged with the deaths of three women after their bodies were found on a New York beach may be implicated in other cold cases around the country as authorities now exploring unsolved murders, missing persons cases near property owned by Rex Hewerman. The Manhattan architect, who's facing charges in the Gilgo Beach murders, Rhiannon Alley reports. Police in Rock Hill, South Carolina, are trying to determine if the suspected Gilgo Beach, New York serial killer, Rex Hewerman, could be connected to the disappearance of Aaliyah Bell. The 18-year-old vanished nearly a decade ago, about 20 miles from where Hewerman owns land. It's kind of scary because I live on this street. He kind of stays to himself. Back in New York, where Hewerman is charged with murdering three young women in 2010, he now sits alone in a 60-square-foot jail cell on suicide watch. Hewerman also owned property in Las Vegas where authorities are there now cross-referencing cold cases with his visits. A young man accused of phoning in bogus threats causing the evacuation of a factory earlier this week. The Ford assembly plant in Claycomo, Missouri got a phone call Tuesday said Sheriff Will Aiken. From a man who claimed to be barricaded inside of a bathroom inside the paint area of the factory. Claimed to be armed with explosives, a rifle, and a handgun, uh, and also expressed that he was disgruntled with his job. They evacuated the factory. Nobody found. Now prosecutors charge Zachariah Peterson, 19, with making a terroristic threat to get his friend out of work. Peterson pleads not guilty, telling the judge he was forced. Chuck Severson, ABC News. 507 now on WBEN. Well, there's a big bike riding marathon, all for a good cause, kicking off this weekend, and... One of our own here from WBEN will be taking part. Here's WBEN's Tom Puckett. WBEN producer Jim Stelliana will spend the next week riding some 500 miles on his bike across New York State. The Empire State Ride is a seven-day fully supported um, bicycle ride uh, that raises funds for Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center uh, that fund uh, clinical trials and crucial research to end cancer. Stelliano says much of the ride will be on the road, helped out by firefighters and law enforcement to stay safe. The funds raised go to Roswell Park. The motivation is everyone knows someone who's been touched by cancer and and I have uh, a, a few people in my life who have dealt with cancer, battled it, um, and uh, that's kind of what motivates me. And each year I do this, I meet more people along the ride that have a story that even further motivate me outside of my direct connection. You can contribute to Steliano's ride by going to the link in our story online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, way to go, Jimmy, and he'll be taking part in that ride so a long ride and uh, we'll be checking in with him along the way uh, next week as he goes all across New York State on a bike. Well, it was a celebration in the D.C. area to celebrate new ownership of the Washington Commanders. NFL owners unanimously approving the sale of the team from Dan Snyder to a group led by Josh Harris that includes Magic Johnson. Hmm. Just over $6 billion is the price. Record price for a sports team in the U.S. Alongside league officials at a news conference on Thursday, Harris thanked his supporters. We are humbled and awed by the level of responsibility that we have to uh, to take care of the city and to win championships and to you know, really uh, excite the fans again. Public rally planned for today at FedEx Field in Prince George's County, Maryland, along with uh, later separate Big events as well, so they're uh, celebrating their new ownership there. And how about this? A big weekend 
big night at the box office. We're in a race against the Nazis. Oppenheimer is a big movie with a big cast, and director Christopher Nolan wants you to see it in as big a format as possible. And that means IMAX, but not just IMAX, 70mm IMAX. It's a big projector, it's a big screen, it's the biggest light bulb in the world. John Foley is the projectionist at Celebration Cinema in Grand Rapids, Michigan, one of only 19 theaters in the U.S. that can run the 70mm IMAX format. Some of the digital projection technologies just cannot match the resolution of a film print this large. And while director Christopher Nolan would prefer you see it in 70mm IMAX, what really matters to him is that you just see it, no matter the format. Jason Adamson, ABC News, Hollywood. All right. I'm, uh, as soon as we're off the air here, I'm splitting. I'm going to see this movie. I can't wait. But here's the thing. They're talking about the 70-millimeter IMAX. So I was looking into this. You know, how can I see it in the you know, biggest, brightest, you know, best way that the, you know, the guy who made the movie wants everyone to see it in? 70-millimeter IMAX. You want to know something about 70-millimeter IMAX, Joe? What's that? There's like 10 of them across the entire U.S. And one's here in Buffalo? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. You have to go to New York City. It's like the closest uh, place. Or like Detroit to go see a 70-millimeter IMAX theater. Like, don't make a big deal out of it if no one can go see it unless you're, like, in one of a few places. But Come you're on. excited to see it in the real, in the IMAX here. Yeah. yeah. But I, 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 I am. I'm excited to go see this movie. But... This, this I've been puts listening a on to it. the director say about how I'm, you know, it's like 25 bucks for a movie ticket now. Jeez. I'm going to see this movie. Hey, by the way, your experience is not going to be as good as it could be. Like, thanks. Surprise was that one in Buddy. Toronto. <laughs> like, yeah. what? What the heck? The exclusive WBN, some of the forecasts for the day today, calls for more clouds than sun, but nothing more than an isolated shower, brief thunder shower. The high temperature into the mid-70s with the breeze going into the northwest, it means less humidity. Tonight brings an isolated shower, thunder shower, and then we'll find patchy clouds and starlight, the low temperature in the upper 50s and low 60s. And, of course, the cleanup continues from the thunderstorms late last night. Tomorrow brings ample sunshine from hilltop to lakeshore, the high in the upper 70s, and we'll find bright sunshine on Sunday, the high near 80. With your exclusive WBN, some weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols. Erie County Legislator Frank Todaro joining us live now with a look at those tax cuts we've been talking about throughout the morning. Frank, thanks for joining us uh, this plan to eliminate all county sales tax on home heating bills during the winter months. Uh, unanimous approval. How did we get to this point? Well, good morning, Brian. Thank you for having me this morning. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a, a lot of uh, hard work. Um, I'm very proud of my, my caucus, my colleagues, um, Minority Leader John Mills, Christopher Green, Jim Melchewski. We pretty much held hands and had a united front, and uh, we knew that the sales tax um, – the New York State sales tax uh, deal had to had to get passed unanimously, and with that, we've been working together to uh, just voice strongly, strongly let them know, the administration know that we need a tax cut, and it's going to happen this year, and we don't want to hear anything less about it. And um, it, it, it actually went through, and our colleagues on the other side of the aisle uh, understood that because inflation has just been – consistently going up we haven't seen any relief and it's time that it happened and uh, we were not going to take anything less 
So this was the result of a, a lot of negotiation. I mean, what, how did we finally get to the overall agreement that this would happen? It's not a unique idea, right? There's over 40 other counties have some sort of exemption on sales tax for heating bills. Well, it, we took, it took months. This, this took many months of back and forth, um, you know, talks. Um, it wasn't easy. Our office kept our our meetings set. We did not sway from what we needed, and it wasn't really a want. This was a requirement, and the administration understood what we were calling for, and they, they actually said, okay, you know what? We try to get more, but we took what we can, and this is a great start. A million dollars off a tax levy is a direct impact and a good positive impact to all the taxpayers of Erie County. What is, uh, is there a figure that you have of the, you know, general savings that, you know, a, a typical household should have during the three months where the tax won't be? Well, every household, it's going to be formulated differently. It's, it's just not a one size fits all kind of a formula. It, it all really depends on the assessment of that town or village on that actual home. But the million dollars equates to a few, when we formulate it, it's about eight to nine million dollars uh, in savings. So over the next 10 years, we're talking 10 million dollars in reduction. Um, and that, that's huge. That's huge. I mean, that is a big figure when it comes to the end of the day. Does this signal a new era of Republicans and Democrats in the county working together? Um, was that era ever gone? No, it's never been gone. It's just been, um, you know, when when you're in the minority, your voice is not as loud. But you know what? When we have the opportunity to um, negotiate and, and, and try to be practical with each other, that's when things will happen. Instead of having a, a, a constant deadlock heat that you have the Republicans that have no no vote, not enough votes, and the Democrats on the majority side having the votes, you've got to come to the middle. And that's the way good government works. When you start um, opening up and listening to the, to the majority side and explaining yourself uh, rather than trying to make a mockery of them, it, it, it actually works out for the better for the community. So right now, nationally, there's such a division going on in politics. We have to work together. We have to extend the olive branch to the other side. And it's not that we're giving up anything. It's more or less having conversations. If you don't have those conversations, you don't understand each other, therefore nothing would happen. We're, we're doing that. And our, our Madam Chair, April Baskin, has been very good at allowing us to actually have the time to talk to them on the, on the majority side, and they're listening, and things are happening, and she's understanding as well as the majority side is understanding that what our, our needs are in Erie County and uh, this is a, a direct effect, a positive effect for everyone. Also yesterday, you heard from the county clerk, Mickey Kearns, who was speaking for the first time about that audit that found about $90,000 of unaccounted funds. Uh, he was talking a, a lot about more staffing, better software systems, uh, pointed out that the current system they use for cashiering doesn't communicate with the countywide accounting software. It's something that no other county uses. What did you think about his requests? 
Well, he's he's taking it very serious. It, it, let me let me let's let's begin by saying this is an investigation. So there is a lot of questions that were asked that he cannot really answer under the, the premise that it's an investigation. But he's willing. He's definitely willing to work with the comptroller's office, and uh, if it's the sheriff's department or even the state comptroller, uh, will be coming in to uh, do an audit. He welcomes it. He wants to have that department working better. It's been many, many multiple years that an audit has actually occurred in the clerk's department. So in a way, this is a positive thing that this should happen, uh, you know, annually or, you know, every few years, whatever they, they so choose, just to keep things on the up and up. Because what happens is over time, if you don't have an audit, things can slip through the crack. There can be uh, things that slip by, um, better control systems, better process systems. So I think after this um, this is actually actually happens and finishes, we'll, uh, it, it'll come out better. I, why hasn't there been an audit for so long? I mean, is it too political between the comptroller's office and the clerk's office? And I'm not ne- necessarily talking about the two current occupants of those offices, but over history, has there been too much of a political battle here where it's allowed for uh, kind of party protection of audits? Well, my personal opinion on that is when it's I consider – the clerk's office is more of a business and it should be open books to the, the County comptroller's office full-time is my, my look at it. Um, I don't see why it hasn't occurred that way. Uh, that is something I would advocate just to say, look, the book should be open anytime. They should be able to just, you know, remotely log in, review the numbers. And if they have any questions, have a point of contact to, to get those answers. Um, you know, th- this is a County, these are county assets that are being used, county funds that are coming in, taxpayer money, and there should be uh, checks and balances. Well, Frank, I appreciate the time this morning um, and a lot of stuff to talk about from yesterday's meeting. Frank Tadaro, Erie County Legislator, joining us live this morning. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.